emergency emergency y'all we got some things to talk about i didn't plan on talking about none of this before i hopped on here but we got to talk about candy birds boy she made an announcement tonight and when i say it told me up damn it it told me up okay told me up we got to talk about that carlos king and mariah hook interview we got to talk about love island all-stars is it a flop or is it a bop and then we got to get into the shows i want to talk about the premiere of pump rules and of course i want to talk about the newest episode of the traders that starts around the 40 minute mark so if you want to just jump to the traders like some of y'all telling me then go ahead just jump to it okay before you get into the episode though before you jump to the traders before you do all of that Drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if you're on Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review. You know, we love those. It's your new episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2 the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the Marvel Cinematic Universe or HBO's White Lotus or Euphoria. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Lord, 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 Jesus, Lord, take me instead, Jesus, I don't know what to do, Lord, 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 oh, Lord, you you already read the title of this episode, y'all, I'm so distraught, I hadn't planned on talking about this, I had a whole little agenda I was gonna go through, Lord, I don't know what to do, Jesus, let's, let, let's get right into it, ain't no pleasantries, I was gonna tell y'all about my weekend, y'all, y'all don't need to know about none of that, okay? Just know I ate good, okay? <laughs> a bitch was hungry. Anyway, um, y'all, oh, Lord, look. Candy Burris, our queen, our love. Candy Burris has announced that she is not coming back to the Real Housewives of Atlanta for another season. She said in her, in, you know, quote, unquote, she's taking a break. Now, when they asked her, Candy was without a doubt getting another contract. Like, that's not to be mistaken. So don't y'all think that she was fired from the show. Candy explicitly told Variety, she said on the red carpet, it took them too long to get some stuff going. I literally have like a thousand other things going on. And by the time they were going to figure this out, I wouldn't have been able to do it. She also said that a friend asked her like, okay, why are you still doing this? And she's like, I don't know. I just kind of always been doing it. So I just kind of feel like what else would I do? You know, it's always been there. The lady is the longest running consecutive housewife in housewives history. Nobody can take that title away from her. Nobody else has the title. Teresa Giudici, when she comes back for this next season, she'll be tied with her and then probably she'll break the record, even though Jersey should have been recasted that shit a long time ago. But child, that's besides the point. Anyway, Oh, Lord, y'all, I'm so upset. Let me, let, me, let me pull out the quote, okay? Candy said, I'm not really keeping up right now. I'm not keeping up. I already said this, so I'll tell you. I decided I'm not coming back this year. It's been 14 seasons, and they allowed us to sit around for a little too long. But during that time, I started working on a lot of other things, and I got some nice big projects coming soon. So I'm excited about those things. But it's not just that. It's just like, you know, after all, <laughs> after you really, I, you know, I hate that they put quotes in the way that people actually say them, like clean this shit up some. Uh, it's like, you know, after you really think, you take time to think about it. And a friend of mine was like, why do you keep doing it? And I'm like, well, I think it's because I've just been doing it so long. Feels weird to think not to do it, right? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a moment. I'm not coming back this year. Oh, Lord. Y'all remember Candy joined during the second season. So not technically an OG, but Candy's an OG in Atlanta. Like, stop fucking playing with her. Uh, This is heartbreaking to me. This is devastating. I feel like so many of the fibers that we're used to in Atlanta have now gone. And I don't know what this show remains anymore. I told y'all, I used to kind of advocate for a half reboot half this or i i've never been on the train to fully reboot in atlanta i don't know how the hell that works if they do that 
that's gonna be weird as hell to me. I don't know if I would sit up and oh boy, I don't know if I would sit up and watch that. I don't. I I I can't get behind no damn full reboot. Atlanta has some of the thirstiest people in the world. I don't know what that would look like, and I don't particularly I don't particularly care to see it. I don't know. Candy. <laughs> okay, now we've Nene gone, Phaedra gone, Portia gone. Kim Zosiak gone, good riddance. Uh, who else got that? Everybody. Kenya, the only, uh, Kenya and Sheree, the only two left that really, like, scream Atlanta. But, oh, this is a lot. I don't know about, let me see. Marlo, Sonya, Drew. I'm sure all of them are gone. I hate that because I really actually like Drew on the show. But I, it's too many changes happening. I don't know what's going to go on this next season. But, I just feel like fans, one, aren't going to give it a chance. They go cling to the whole Nene this, Nene that thing. And I don't know what we do in Atlanta now. I, I honestly don't know. I'm For the first time, I'm kind of like at a loss for how we move forward. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm going to talk about her in a minute, but I'm always an advocate of Mariah Huck if they were to try to get her. But I don't see that happening either. So I don't know what they do in Atlanta now. My guess is that they're going to bring back some familiar faces and then fill in the cast with some people that they think might be able to hang with these girls. So Kenya will, rem will remain. I'm assuming now that Candy's gone, I'm assuming Sheree can remain because they do need some some foundations on the show. Even though, listen, I don't know, Sheree. Sheree, I, I don't know what you be giving. I honestly don't know. Now, Sheree, you an icon, a legend in reality TV space. Like, you got moments, Okay. But that don't change the fact that you've been fired 50, 11 times. Like, I don't know what we what we going from here. I'm so, ooh, y'all, I'm just so flustered right now. Y'all know Atlanta is my baby. I don't know what we going from here. And then I feel like after the season of Potomac, we're going to get some big casting news and changes over there, too. It's too much happening, okay? Now, they need it because there's a lot of bullshit going on in Potomac that we can get rid of four of them people. I'm just saying. I won't tell y'all which four, but we can get rid of four people. Um... I don't know. I just feel like the key, I guess they go keep Kenny. I guess they go keep Sheree. And I'm guessing everybody else is a chop. I'm guessing, you know, okay. So let me tell you my theory. There was a rumor that was out a couple of weeks ago, I feel. Maybe longer than that, though. But when all this stuff about, like, Candy and Sheree and Kenya, they were talking about it, it was taking so long for them to, like, get contracts and all this stuff. There was a rumor that came about, maybe through Dumois. I don't know what it was, but it was somewhere. A rumor started circulating that, Bravo has been really pitching for two names in particular to come back. And they were saying, think huge, huge names to come back to the show. So at the time, people were letting themselves get happy because I think they thought that it was going to be Portia and Nene. I'm not sure that's the case now. With Candy gone, I'm thinking Portia, of course, but you know, Portia and Candy want to work together. So I don't think... Portia coming back would indicate that Candy needed to leave, but you know who did need to leave? You know who did need to, who, who Candy needed to leave to make room for? Phaedra. I don't think Phaedra is working out on Merits of Medicine the way that they hoped she would. I, listen, Phaedra is killing it on the traders right now, but I think that's actually the smartest thing to do. Capitalize on Phaedra's success on the traders, and then if you need her to help reboot Atlanta, that's the move that they go make. So I think Portia and Phaedra are coming back to the Atlanta Housewives next season. They're going to join Kenya and Sheree, and then we'll get two or three new girls. Hopefully, Lord, hopefully they don't try to do this damn five housewife shit. Stop that shit. Stop the five housewives shit. Five housewives is criminal in this day and age. Stop this shit. Y'all get uh, 13 motherfuckers in Miami. Beverly Hills constantly has seven, eight, nine housewives. You can do more than five in Atlanta. I say if you go do those four, okay, that's fine. Give us three entirely new people because it has to feel like a reboot. And it's got to feel like a lot of new energy is coming in to like revitalize this show. And it can't, oh, I don't, see, I don't even know if we go the celebrity route. I don't know if we just go rich ass housewife route or young movers and shakers in Atlanta route. Or I don't know what way we go, but Ooh, they got to figure this out. Lord, I am so damn flustered. I was not expecting this news. Not not on Grammy's night, child. Not on Grammy's night, child. I, 
I wasn't watching the Grammys. They they knew I wouldn't go watch the Grammys when they said Beyonce wasn't performing this year. What the hell I'm watching for? So I I don't know. I just y'all I'm a little flustered. I'm a little flustered. What what we gonna do? What's it gonna be? Cause I can't pretend no. What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? Candy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm right now. I'm just inhaling, exhaling, uh, hailing from <laughs> Jamie Foxx. I don't know. I'm just, I'm going through a lot right now, okay? I don't know what this show is going to become next season. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how much of a break they're about to take either because even when they get the cast right, they still got to film the whole thing. So I don't know if they're aiming for a slate of uh, late fall, but it seems like they ain't coming till next year. Hell, Dubai been off the air for damn near three years now. I don't know if they, they claim they coming back, but Bravo can't find time for them. I know y'all lying. Put Summer House ass off the air and uh, let Dubai come back, but that ain't my business, child. I, I'm flustered. I'm I'm a little, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little flustered. Oh, I'm a little flustered and I really don't know what to do right now, so I'm just going to move on, y'all, okay? Send Candy all your love. She got big things going. Y'all know Candy ain't hurting for no check. Candy got a million different things going on right now. Honestly, it, it, was, it, it was probably time for Candy to leave. It's just that I didn't want her to go. Just because her being there has always felt like Atlanta to me. So it's hard for me to let it go. But for her own personal growth, she got so much going on. I get it. I get it. I get it. So go do your thing. You got to shoot all the damn black shows. You got to do the Broadway. You got to do the restaurants. You got to do the music. You got a lot you going on, okay? So uh, I don't know, y'all. Y'all, we'll see. We Okay, we go... Oh, Lord, I'm just, I'm flustered right now. Y'all know I've been, me and, if y'all heard me and Emily talk, me and Emily been waiting on casting news in Atlanta for so long. Emily of the She Speaks Bravo podcast. We've really been waiting, but this ain't the news I was waiting on, okay? Kenya just did an interview somewhere where she was saying we would hear a lot of uh, casting news soon, too. So, oh, this a lot. This a lot. I don't know. Y'all come check on me. Speaking of Atlanta, though. Did y'all watch the Carlos King interview with Mariah Huck? You know, he's interviewed her before, but he did. This one I've watched three times now. This is a fantastic interview, especially for somebody for me that's like a huge fan of Meriton Medicine and a fan of specifically Mariah Huck. Y'all know I love me some Mariah Huck. I go up for Mariah Huck. I love Mariah Huck. I'm just saying. I love me some Mariah Huck, okay? um, It was a great interview. So she kind of like... They start off in Sleek Studios, which like her, she has kind of like a creative workspace. So it's for creatives that like, you know, maybe want to do podcasting. You know, they have their own little background, want to do interviews. She's got a room with a green screen. Like it's a very creative space, like real nice. Not WeWorks, but like Bleeworks, like Blackbow, okay? But it's, you know, it's real nice. Uh, She gave a tour of the whole building and the building is laid out, okay? She says she wouldn't go buy a bag. She wanted to buy the block. And I know that's right, Mariah. Uh, I always wish Mariah the best in her all of her endeavors. Uh, My biggest takeaways from the interview. Number one, she doesn't have as big of an issue with Quad as she does with others like Simone. Simone was the one that like delivered her kids. Her aunt was Simone's nanny. Like her and Simone go deep, deep, deep. And Simone... Apparently, like now a couple of people have said it because now Quad has said it too. Simone is the one that allegedly production uses to kind of get like separate the girls from the group, from the herd, I should say, and then oust them. So they wanted her to do it to Mariah. She's the one that came to her and said, they want me to take a shot at you and get you off this show. And I just don't know what to do. And then Quad had told Carlos that Simone was the one that told her. We got to get, you know, we, they want me to get you off this show. Uh, can, do I have to film with you and all this kind of stuff? So it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot going on behind the scenes in Meriton Medicine. And let me tell y'all something. The downfall of reality TV, I'm, it happens on every single show. The moment the girls think that they're bigger than the actual show and they start like wanting to, uh, uh, boot people off. That's when shit goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. And it, it, it it's, 
remain constant across all of our television shows. There's so much reality TV that's just unwatchable right now. And you got to rely on stuff like the traders to like get you through and keep you hooked on the genre. The traders is like giving me, I'm going to talk about the traders. Don't worry. Uh, the traders is giving me everything that I need is keeping me sane in life because some of the other shows, it's like, uh, y'all get kind of worrisome. Like, okay. For instance, I'm loving Beverly Hills this season. I actually like love what the cast is doing. Sudden is like in charge of the girls. She holding cows feet to the fire. I love a lot of that. Like, I love all that kind of stuff. But the stuff with Anne Marie, like, yeah, it was annoying to see it, like, play out so long on camera. The whole, uh, which I think was her producer's fault, honestly. I think production was telling her to keep bringing up this esophagus thing so she'd have, like, an end with the group. My issue is that it feels like now the whole entire audience has now gotten everything they can against Anne-Marie and is now, like, attacking online. And y'all know when it gets attack mode and I'm going to talk about that when I talk about the traitors too, weirdos. When it gets to that mode, I'm like, okay, this isn't enjoyable for me. I don't care if you like the person, I like the person. Like, you got to go outside and fucking touch grass to, like, stop spending your days leaving negative comments, nasty things, sending threats and all this kind of stuff. Like, get a grip on reality. And the whole, like, I got so turned off when the whole ASA versus uh, Nurse Anesthetist thing came out. And I'm like, this is, all oh, this is real stupid. So that turned me off of Beverly Hills a little bit. I still watch. This last episode was a chop, so I'm not going to talk about it, though. But I don't know. It's just stuff, little stuff like that turns me off. But that's not the only thing. There's a lot of reality TV happening right now where it's, it's all getting weird. She also said, Mariah in this interview, she said that she didn't think that this was Quad's karma because you know I I've been saying too uh that I one I hate that the group is like ousting somebody out like they do I yeah, I hate that kind of dynamic but two I was also saying well she helped lead the charge against Mariah so it does kind of feel like karma she said that she don't think Quad deserves any more karma than a lot of the other girls do specifically Simone and Jackie she said that she feels like Jackie is indeed the villain of the show. And that's going to be, I guess, the crux of episode two. Because that was kind of our cliffhanger in this one. So we're going to see why uh, Jackie is the mastermind and the manipulator. But, child, if you've been watching this show, we all knew that. <laughs> We've been knowing that for years, child. Um, What else came out of this interview? It was a lot. Carlos gave her flowers. She talked about the origins of Marriage to Medicine, too, where... She said that uh, originally TLC was the first one to pick up the show, but then she decided to go with Bravo, and then uh, she tried to, she was like, okay, well, TLC, why don't I star on this one on Bravo, and then I'll make a different show for you guys. But TLC was like, hell no, we want you on the show or nothing. So she ended up just going with Bravo. She was trying to get her two checks, child. I know that's right, Mariah. But she said, no, I'll just go with Bravo then. So that was the end of that. But she had had a, she did everything from like multiple sizzle reels on her own. She uh, casted it on her own. Like she did everything except coming with the name Married to Medicine. So kudos to Mariah. And we see this uh, sleek studios business is going to be successful. So shout out to you. Uh, I'm trying to think what else like major came out of, it was just a really good hour, like a, I think it was a little over an hour, hour, maybe hour 20, something like that, hour 20, a really good interview, so if you uh, need something to listen to, listen to that, part two comes out on Tuesday, so I want y'all to listen to it, because I'm going to talk about part two too, okay, so go listen to that interview, it was a really, really good one, uh, she shaded the girls down, she shaded heavenly, but it wasn't a nasty interview or anything, it was really good, but she still uh, kind of kept us a float of everything going on specifically with production because it kind of feels like production is using the girls to do their dirty work instead of actually saying you know what you're not good for the show anymore i'm firing you instead it seems like on married to medicine allegedly which is what multiple girls are saying though they're saying that they use the cast members to like put somebody on the outs and then kind of push them off the show instead of i guess somebody behind the scenes having enough balls to say okay we're not renewing your contract we don't want you here no more babbage bye i don't know what the case is i'm guessing that's what it is but it, it seems plausible to me so oh it was a lot that, that interview was good though it was a lot of things a lot of things but 
You know, a lot of things are things, okay? Last thing I want to touch on before I get into... I'm going to talk about two shows today. I'm going to talk about the Pump Rules premiere, and then I'm going to talk about the latest episode of The Traders. Oh, let me say something, too, before I uh, get into those. Or before I get into my last thing, before I get into those. Um, yeah, I know uh, I keep saying I'm going to do timestamps again. I am, I'm going to start doing timestamps again when I start doing the... Uh, the uh, the rebrand which is coming up i it's a couple okay full transparency i uh decided i wanted like some custom intro music and stuff like that my my podcast partners help me with everything it's great so they got a producer worked on that it's like a lot of little like kinks and stuff i'm working out just trying to like give y'all a new feel of a show new things new things before we actually launch it so i said it was gonna be in january but it's, it's coming soon next couple of weeks is gonna be amazing okay um, but anyway, um, the timestamps, it's hard. I want to explain that for a second, because if you listen to a lot of other podcasts that actually do timestamps, like not, you know, like true crimes like that, they don't do timestamps because you got to kind of listen to the whole thing to, you know, understand what the hell going on. But some of y'all don't watch the shows that don't, you know, know the topics we're talking about. So on these kind of shows, you want to skip forward to what you actually do know. The only issue is we can only kind of give you a rough guess because with the way like the podcast work is that when we upload our episodes, uh, our host agency is going to put in advertising either like depending on how you have it set up, like at the beginning of the episode, the end, the middle, like so that you if you listen to my podcast and you know, they're normally at the beginning and normally at the end. And then I'll normally do one from like my sponsors, people that uh, like purchase sponsorship for the episode that I try their products and you know, all this kind of stuff. So because I don't know how many ads or what time length gets slipped into the beginning and the end, it's hard for me to gauge where exactly these things go off of. So I can only give you kind of a, a general display, like where it might start around. So I can do that. And you know, I, I can, I don't mind start doing that, but I just know that, you know, if I tell you, okay, it started at 26, it might be 2809 and you just got to listen to them damn two minutes and be the hell okay. Okay. Y'all don't stress me out now. You know, I quit this shit in a minute. All right. Um, last thing before we get to the damn shows. Are y'all watching Love Island All-Stars? We've had, in America, we've had a week worth of episodes now. Um, I'm trying to see if I'm bored with this season or am I liking it. I feel like when I watch, they annoy me so bad that I'm enjoying it because that's normally how Love Island goes. Uh, I did not need Messy Mitch on this season. That's what I didn't need. I talked to this about, you know, my, uh, my guests on my last episode, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I love Raven. We talked, I don't know if it was on the podcast or just like text message or what, but we talked about how, uh, I think it was text message. We talked about how, uh, like I, I, I say, I call myself a hypocrite. Cause I was like, you know, the type of reality TV star I love. Y'all know I like me some like Green Eye band, Bandits, Kenya Moore. Y'all know the kind of like characters I like. I, I I tend to lean towards Teresa because she's good TV. Then I ever would a Melissa who just kind of is on the cast. That's the kind of TV star I like, the reality star I like because they keep up a lot of mess. I admit that it's more so women that I like that trait in because me, messy men on TV, I don't know. It's got to be in a certain capacity like mitch is just messy for the sake of it and you can see it way too much like he wears it on his face he wears it as a crown his messiness and i don't know it's such a uh it's just disgusting i don't know it's just i he annoys me so bad i'm just like shut up like let somebody and you know what's crazy somebody else like uh ekansu or or uh, uh, what's my girl name? Katie. They could do the exact same thing on one of the Love Island shows, and I will love it down. But it's something about. Am I messy in that regard? If you're listening on Spotify, go leave me uh, like one of the question and answer portions. Go leave me a comment and tell me, am I messy for that, or do y'all feel the same way? Something about super messy men. Like the only messy man I didn't mind was Peter Thomas, but that was because he got it started between like the main characters, so he knew what he was doing. He was actually moving stuff along. And now you can tell, like, that was his genuine personality. Mitch, 
wants to be a reality TV star. And so he's doing everything he can to stay in front of those cameras, to uh, keep a mess. He wants the following on social media. It's just kind of pathetic. And it's like, ugh, I don't like it. So I don't even know if I'm being hypocritical. I just don't like Mitch. And child, the best part of this week, Lewis was about to put hands on him. Mitch, let me tell you something. Lewis ain't the same dude he was season one or season two, whatever. I forgot which one he was on. He looked a lot different, too. Uh, but I, I don't know. Uh, Mitch, that man almost touched you, and you did not want to get touched, okay? I'm just saying. That man almost touched you, Mitch. You need to be careful because a lot of people ain't going to go for that BS starting. You starting a lot of mess between that man. He, he didn't get to tell. Uh, <laughs> he didn't get to tell my girl Cass that he was already kissing uh, Demi on the balcony. So now Mitch had to hear over here. Couldn't wait to tell her. Now Cass feelings upset. Now Demi uh, feel like the girls hate her. Listen, and now if Luis would have cocked back, I wouldn't have been mad at him. I'm sorry, Mitch, but you worse him as hell. And I would much prefer All-Stars without your ass. I'm just saying. Anyway, I'm going to stick with it. I am enjoying You know, I always love Love Island anyway. So uh, I'm going to stick with it. I need some new bombshells, though. Like, I need some people to come in and, like, truly shake stuff up. Like, right now, nothing has truly surprised me. So I guess I'm not, like, who did they bring in? They brought in somebody, I think, from uh, season one. And I could not remember his name for the life of me. I barely remember his face. So they brought him in. That did nothing. Like, that that didn't move me to chorus in any way. Y'all got to bring, like, some, bring in Zara from uh, Tom and the other girl season. Bring in, who else we need to bring in? Who messy as hell? Bring in, uh, well, Tyreek and Ella still together, but... I don't know. Don't don't bring in Sammy, okay? Bring in Jess. Yeah, bring in Jess. We want to see Jess on our TV again. Do not bring in Sammy and that uh, uh bust down middle part, okay? We don't need to hear from him. Over it, sick of it. That little toupee that he split in the middle. I'm tired of it. Do not bring him back. It's a lot of people from Love Island. Bring in some U.S. people. We're KK. I don't even think him and Kenan still together. Bring in KK and Zara and I'm not uh, uh, Zeta. And y'all can do some things. Bring in Timmy. Like, it'll be good. But y'all y'all tripping. I don't know. Y'all figured out I'm still watching anyway, child. So let me mind my damn business. Anyway, let's talk about the Pump Rules premiere. What is this, season 11? Season 11? Yeah. So, obviously, last season was the most explosive in their history. Y'all know that was uh, coming off of Scandaval. And, oh, Lord, what a, whew, what a time to be alive. Lord, that was the longest goddamn months of our life. But, anyway, let's kick it off with this premiere, and then we're going to talk about the traitors. Okay. So, let's talk about the most important thing first. Katie's hair. How do we feel about it? I feel like it's real matronly, like very dynasty. I don't know. Very like Doc Martin lesbian. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I guess it suits her because maybe it, it gives her face more of a shape than like the long hair. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I, you said you was trying to be sexy for the boys. Like you were trying to make the boys say ski like sexy red so you may want to consider maybe do a bob you know maybe do a, a bob or you know a 40 inch bust down middle you know a, a little closure or something do do something katie i don't know but i just don't know how i feel about that little cut you got but maybe just need a you know a new do a new some fluff or some some color to it i don't know don't don't go blonde again that was I ain't like that, Katie. Anyway, let me... <laughs> you do whatever the hell you want to do, Katie. Let me stay out your business. Anyway, we kick things off with Katie and Ariana talking about how they scammed y'all out of that money for this restaurant that they never planned on opening. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. Child, Tom Scandaval... Not Scandaval. Ooh, this is going to be hard as hell. Tom Sandoval is currently in New Zealand shooting special forces. That man was on that show fighting for his ever-loving life, which, honestly, I'm okay with. He deserved it. Apparently, him and Ariana only communicate through his assistant, Ann, even though they still live in the same damn house. Ooh, let, let me tell you one thing right now. 
I'd be making that man's life a ever-loving hell, okay? I'd walk by, and, and as soon as I saw him fall asleep, I'd turn on every light in that motherfucker. I'm talking about uh, uh, the ring lights, the, the overhead lights, uh, the lamp lights. I'm turning on every light I can find. As soon as he falls asleep, I'd wait to, I'd go and find that brand new tube of toothpaste that he bought, and I'd ring that thing out right in the garbage can, right where he left it, because you ain't about to uh, uh, take your mouth. Your mouth ain't finna be minty fresh to go kiss another bitch. I know you lying. Not while I'm still alive. I'd hide all of his mail, especially, especially the important shit, like Uncle Sam trying to get in contact with him, something like that. I Listen, I'd be signing up for payday loans in his name and not paying them back. Oh, bitch, you go rule the motherfucking day you cheated on me, okay? And matter of fact, Ann, you come over here too, because you might, you might just need to get Molly... Let me mm, mm, let me stop. And you was about to get a taste, and I don't even know you like that. I'm gonna wait till we meet you a little more in the season before I give you a little taste. I'm gonna keep it to Sandoval right now. But Ann, keep it cute. James is living with Allie in a house by the airport, and them damn producers keep showing all these airplanes flying by. I know you lying. James still hasn't heard from Tom Sandoval. Even though Tom was sneaking and geeking with his ex-fiance, and he doubts that a friendship is even possible at this point. We cut over to Sheena and Brock, and let me tell you something. Brock looks so much better with short hair. I don't care who don't agree with it. He looks so much better with short hair. I'm sorry it needed to be said. Something about that long hair on him, it was given, oof. You know how sometimes, men sometimes just smell like balls, and he always gave me that he smelled like that. But now he got a chance of looking clean. Like now he kind of smell a little clean too. So that I, I feel like I can smell him through the TV. He kind of smell like, not necessarily like, you know, I, I you know, I like a little, a little Louis Vuitton, a little Burberry fragrances. Not that he gives me somebody gifted me like the standard Giorgio Armani set. And I keep that in my travel pouch for when I leave the gym. That's kind of what he smell like now. Like that, that's good for the hair length that he has now. You know what? I'm okay with that. Shayna is talking about how one of Sandoval's friends died and how she sent him messages that didn't get delivered. So clearly she's blocked. So she tried from her personal Instagram account. Blocked. She went to her business page. Blocked. Her sister's page. Blocked. Her baby. Tom Sandoval blocked Summer Moon's page. Now, if y'all don't know, that's Sheena and Brock's baby. That baby ain't none but what, three years old? Blocked! Let me tell you something. I don't give Tom too much credit, but that's funny as hell to me. I don't care. That's some petty shit I do because what you want? I'll, your baby ain't got no reason to be reaching out to me. So if somebody is on your baby page reaching out to me, it's you. And I don't want to talk to your ass either. If you got a dog, I'm blocking that page. If the dog got a, a dog walker or a groomer, I'm blocking their asses too. You're not about to go to the damn uh, uh, Petco and tell them people, let me borrow your phone so you can send me a message. Hell no, nah, for what? For what? You not already embarrassed me on national TV. I ain't, you ain't got to say nothing to me. Blocked. Lala got her whole damn family living with her. Her mama moved from Utah and she lived in the same damn apartment as Lala. Then her brother said, I know you fucking lying. So he moved into the same apartment complex as them. So all of them just a hop, skip, and a jump away. If Lala far too damn loud, her brother gonna be able to hear it and text her and say, Ugh, girl, you nasty. Child, I'd ship their asses right back to where they came from because we don't, don't, <laughs> don't come over here working my damn nerves. I'm sorry, that that, that sounds like a nightmare to me, but child, I, I can't talk as much as me and my damn mama be together. <laughs> we see James and Tom Schwartz get together, and it seems like James is the only person that's like, hasn't completely turned on Schwartz. Schwartz talks about his feelings, like he feels like he's a pariah because of his closeness basically with Tom Sandoval, but doesn't take much ownership in actually helping give this affair a grounds to cheat. Like he basically gave them like the bed, the couch, the kitchen, all this kind of stuff to cheat in. You were the making out with, uh, uh, what the good damn good name, Rachel doing all that. So Tom, you really ain't got much of a, a leg to stand on. Sorry. But see, this is what, not me about to go on a tangent. This is what Monica from Salt Lake City needed next season. All she needed was one person to extend their hand to her for the betterment of the show, but nope, 
Not a one person. Nobody could do it. Heather Gay was on a mission, and she told those girls she was going to make their lives a living hell. She was going to try to get them fired off this show, even though she needed to be fired for lying on production. But that's a whole other story. And she made them girls hold strong. She said, don't talk to her. Don't do this. Don't do that. Whoo! It's a lot, okay? I just wanted to go on that little tangent because I wouldn't have forgave myself if I didn't say it out loud. Speaking of Salt Lake City, though, before I get back to uh, Pump Rules, Whitney did an interview. She was on the uh, Vial Files, where I told y'all to go to listen to that Clayton interview. She was on there, and she talked about how her and Mary talk almost every day now. Like, I guess they had a conversation there on good grounds, and now they actually speak quite often. That's going to be weird to see. But I'm actually here for it. You know I love me some changing dynamics, so... I don't like it when it just stays stagnant all the time. Same people hate the same people. No, I kind of like new friendships and stuff. And I kind of, I told y'all, I want to see Angie K and Mary build a relationship because something about that dynamic is so funny to me. So we'll we'll see how that, and plus Mary being in the middle between Angie K and Meredith, that's going to make TV goals. So I would love to see that next season. Anyway, this ain't about this. This is about Pump Rules. We see Ariana and Sheena go get pampered with massages and, and lunch and wine and things. Well, only one of them drink wine. I think Sheena is doing California Drive, whatever they call it. She's California sober. I don't know. But we learned about Ariana's new man that she met at a wedding literally like 11 days. I don't know if it was after Tom blew their lives to hell or if it was at the reunion shot or what it was, but... Anyway, his name is Daniel. Well, you know, we've seen him all on social media at this point. He's a personal trainer, a bartender, lives in New York, all that kind of stuff. So I guess it's long distance. Uh, now, are they still together? Oh, no. He ain't nowhere on her Instagram, but I think they're still together. Her Instagram is literally just like dancing with the star stuff, and that ain't what I came here for, okay? <laughs> Ariana talks about uh, Schwartz's uh, Watch What Happens Live appearance where he told everybody to give Sandoval a hug if they saw him in the street. Baby, she texted him and said, fuck you, blocking your number. Go choke on Sandoval's dirty-ass dick. I know that's right, Ariana. This, that, this the side of Ariana I like right here. Not the one that was uh defending Tom ass all these years. I, li I like this one. Tell both of their ass to go to hell. Even if even if Schwartz uh, uh, ain't the main villain, treat him like one. I know that's right. I know this sounds crazy, but I genuinely forget Lisa Vanderpump is on this show so often. Every time she pops up, I'm like, now why is Goodbye Kyle here? Like, why is this late on this show? Then I'm like, oh, yeah, they literally named the show after her because she started the show. It's at her damn restaurant. Okay, makes sense. It's the night of DJ James' uh, little shindig at Tom Tom, and all the ladies are there, and Schwartz tries to speak to Ariana, and she pays him absolute Dustington, Dustington. She gives him nothing but an eye roll, okay? He's now realizing just how hard it's going to be to get back into everybody's good graces and to maybe be invited to some things in the future. Other than what James puts together. But if I know Bravo production, James is probably going to be planning most things this season. Yeah. My damn dog, Socks, is in the background snoring so loud. I'm hoping that this uh, cuts the audio out of it, but it's not going to help. <laughs> I had to put her in another damn room, child. Lala pulls Lisa aside and basically tells her that she sympathizes with Rachel because Rachel talked about not going against Tom because that was the last person that she had. And if she lost him, she'd literally have no one. Lala relates it to Randall. Child, all roads always lead back to Randall and how she knows exactly how Rachel is feeling. Lala ends up going outside and sending Rachel a damn voice message, a damn audio. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel like this is something that's going to end up like, it's going to get some shit set up between Lala and uh, uh, maybe, obviously, the Rachel or Ariana, one of the two. Because while I absolutely understand, like, the maturity that you're exuding right now, in Ariana's mind, you the ops, sis. You the ops. Like, you doing a whole lot. This last little dinner part that I'm going to talk about might have you thinking otherwise, but no, nah, sis. You might be the ops if you actively reaching out to Rachel, trying to make her your friend because you understand. And uh, 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 Randall made you a one-off and all this kind of stuff, girl. 
I like this conversation at dinner between Katie, Ariana, Lala, and Sheena, and how they've realized that there's always been barriers present, like preventing them from truly being friends, like Sandoval always telling Ariana to be careful of Katie. They have like a beautiful moment and Ariana and Lala vow to be closer and then Ariana will stop shutting her out and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's just, it's adorable. It's so cute. Oh, or it was cute. Right up until Lala confessed that she sent Rachel that message last night. And I, oop, Ariana handled it well though because she told them that Tom and Ariana, no, Tom and Rachel are still in communication and sending each other stuff all the time. So Ariana took the time to throw some tea and the episode ended with Tom Schwartz finally getting back from New Zealand. I guess they booted his ass off that show and kept Black China. I don't know, but whew, this could be a long ass season. I'm going to try to stick with it. <laughs> I'm going to try to stick with it. I'm going to try, but y'all know me if I get bored. I taps out, okay? Let's go to the traitors. We pick up from last episode where Janelle is sent home. Not many believe Dan was a traitor except Bergie who led the charge against his ass. And then Dan decided he wanted to call Peter's bluff and murder Bergie. Didn't work out because now we're at breakfast waiting to see who all walks in. Oh boy, now remember, Dan is taking a big risk because Peter laid a whole trap last episode. He only told Parvati, Dan, and CT that he, you know, he was like, okay, I and, um, who's his partner during the challenge? Me and Janelle, we got the shields, nobody else, don't tell nobody, yada, yada, yada. So in their minds, the traitor's mind, Bergie could be sent home. So as they flood into breakfast, Bergalicious doesn't come in initially which Peter and Trishel and John and Kevin, they're celebrating because they're like, oh my God, this is part of the plan. The plan worked. Then bang, bang, bang. Bergie comes walking in. He is arisen from the grave and it, it, it ain't even Easter, okay? Bergie came up in there holding the shield up. He was holding that shield up like it was a WWE SummerSlam heavyweight championship belt. I know that's right, Bergalicious. Peter is glowing like a newly pregnant woman. His plan has worked, and now they let it be revealed that he set up a mastermind plan, and Parvati is clearly upset because she let Dan talk her into a foolish-ass game move. She literally told Dan that's a bad move. Now, let me insert. Dan, on his Instagram Live and latest podcast episode, he said that he literally didn't hear Parvati say this because he would have listened to her. This was the person that he put like 100% of his trust in. He said that on the podcast many times, you know, because people kept asking him, why not uh, side with Phaedra? Why go against Phaedra and work with Parvati? And he said, because when I decided to put 100% of my trust in Parvati, I meant it. So he put all his trust in Parvati for some foolish ass reason. He was still so blindsided by Janelle backstabbing him that he was 100% focused on getting the heat off of him. Because remember that last, the last uh, round table was kind of a lot for him. Not only did Janelle come at him, Bergie was coming at him. Like he had votes at that last one. So he was flustered going into that traders meeting and he made a terrible decision. After breakfast, Parvati pulls Peter to the side and she basically accused him of being a traitor. Peter is not buying anything that she's selling. He knows for a fact that Parvati and Dan are traitors, not necessarily CT. After this, Dan has to, you know, he has to go to him one-on-one. -on -one, and Peter pretty much tells him there's nothing that you can say. I'm convinced either you or Parvati are traitors. Child, not knowing that it's both of them. Dan tries to pull at heartstrings. He playing the friendship card everything but it is not working okay so now dan knows he has to backstab kill and steal in order to stay in the game the challenge this episode is them having to go somewhere like across the the property to build a catapult and fire a golden a golden ball like onto a, a bullseye along the way there are boxes with shields in them 
they have the opportunity to like compete for a shield as long as they get the catapult built in time. Catapult, good lord. The part that killed me was them trying to cross that damn river. Baby, Phaedra was holding on to CT for dear life. Am I the only one that kind of wants them to date in real life? I just want them to like go for coffee or get a little piece of calamari or something somewhere. Like go see the new Marvel movie or one of them long ass Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Go for a walk on Bourbon Street or Beale Street or, or Peach Tree. You know, go get a womlet like Sheree and Kenya did that one time. Go do something, okay? Anyway, what you mostly need to know from this challenge is that they get the catapult built in time and Sheree, Trishel, Peter, Sandra, and Parvati compete to win a shield. And child of all people, Sheree wins the damn shield. The one person that nobody suspects as a traitor or a faithful. Sheree is an industry plant at this point. She just started to collect the coin to put into a, a high yield savings account for when she inevitably gets fired from the Real Housewives of Atlanta for the 19th time. No shade, Sheree, but you know it's coming. It might not come this season since they rebuilding, but child, you know it's coming, allegedly. Before the banishment ceremony, Peter's clique, which is him, John, Trishel, Bergie, and Kevin, make it clear that they think Parvati is a traitor, and they tell her so. Dan is going person from person, on the other hand, and is saying that he's taking his shot finally at the banishment ceremony tonight, and that he's taking it at one of the other traitors. Now, common sense would say that he's going to force a shootout between him and Parvati, since he has as much suspension, since she has as much suspicion on her as he has on him. But child, when we get to the damn ceremony, Dan is the first one to speak and you ain't gonna believe what the hell come out of his mouth. Dan basically attempts another Dan's funeral for all of you Big Brother fans out there. He says since day one, he's been watching one person and one person only and it's time for that to come to the light. He says, okay, Raise your hand if your name has been written down at least one time on the chalkboard, meaning someone's voted for you. So, least suspicious people, you know, these are people that have received no votes. They are Bergie, Sheree, child, Phaedra, Sandra, and Parvati. Five people. Now, the people, those are the people who haven't received votes. Now, he wants to look at voting patterns. Sandra never had a vote that didn't make sense, so she's eliminated from his suspicions. Sheree had one weird vote that didn't make sense, and she's clearly living on Tatooine with the rest of the Star Wars characters, so she's not a traitor. She's out. Bergie tends to vote with the group, so he don't count. He's out, too. Who does that leave? That leaves the other two traitors, Parvati and Phaedra. So now he says Parvati's only vote outside of the norm was Kevin, but she explained that. So that only leaves... Dan's suspect of being a traitor, and that's Phaedra. Oh, Dan. Dan, oh, Dan. You go learn today. Phaedra reverted back to season six Atlanta Housewives, and she was ready to tap that ass hard. There was a reunion she came with that. No, season five was a union she came with that taser. Season six, she was just ready to uh, uh read all their asses down, okay? Dan said the Ekansu vote, that Phaedra casted was odd and no one ever received an explanation. But he says that's still not enough, not enough to convict somebody or not enough to convince someone that she's a traitor. He said the breakfast reactions were the other reason. Her getting up to comfort Larsa when Marcus got murdered, when Tamara gets voted out, she says they're coming after the housewives. When Bergie got murdered, allegedly, then it was, oh, Lord, not my burgalicious. Child, I hope he didn't do no damn slavery voice like that when he said <laughs> Not the mom's Mabley voice. The look on Kate's face is priceless during this. And I love the fact that Kate basically helped Phaedra tag team Dan when Phaedra didn't need help at all. But we love it, okay? Now, hey, <laughs> now it's Phaedra's turn to retort. T the gold phaedra had an answer and some good shade for every single point that dan brought up when he brought up ekansu she said i voted for her because of the issues she had with janelle and how she changed her story 
the breakfast murder reactions is when Kate ta <laughs> helped tag team him. And she said, not my burgalicious was problematic for you. And folks started laughing and everything. So now they're making Jan Dan look like he's a joke. She consoled Larsa, a fellow housewife. And now everyone is like, what's wrong with that? Then, in my opinion, Dan's biggest mistake was trying to say that Phaedra was always a little extra. Kate yelled out, have you seen her? <laughs> now, keep in mind, Phaedra is literally over there. Phaedra's at this banishment ceremony in a fur coat, uh, uh, feathers, large dangling earrings, a face beat to the gods in the high heavens, hair pinned up like Betty Boop. Uh, like, duh, Dan, Phaedra is the definition of extra and always has been. See, Dan... Dan, you should have been like, you should have watched at least like some YouTube greatest hits compilations of the Housewives before coming on this show because you underestimated them way too much. I think that he thought they were just like some silly women who argued and throw things for a living, flip tables, uh, uh, snatch wigs at the reunions. Dan... Phaedra is a whole ass lawyer with a library card that does not expire. Okay, she reads, Daniel. Daniel, she reads. Phaedra said, yes, I'm extra. I do too much because you do too little. And that he's doing too much at this ceremony because he's getting banished tonight. Then she took the time to remind everybody that Dan has won Big Brother one time and almost won a second time and that Bergie voted for him the night before and was double homicide the next day, even though he rose like Jesus. Then, after everyone came to her defense, she reminds everyone that she wasn't one of the people that was told from Peter that Peter allegedly had the shield. Ooh, Dan, it's not looking good, baby. It's not looking good. Now, the jumping of Dan does not end there. They continue to jump this man, okay? Now it's Peter's turn. Peter reminds everybody that he told Dan, Parvati, and CT about him winning the Shield, lying, basically, and that he doesn't think that it's CT. He does not think that CT is a traitor at all. Now, why he originally thought that and changed his mind so fast, I don't know, but I'm glad they didn't fell up off of CT, okay? Leave CT the fuck alone. Parvati then takes the baton and highlights Peter's click and how they're like trying to turn the game. Bergy has to remind everyone, he's like, okay, look, y'all, the traders love to divide the group. Don't fall for it. Do not fall for it. Before the banishment ceremony even ends, Parvati wants to create just a little bit of separation between her and Dan. And she says that maybe she's been too trusting of Dan. You know, I, we, we've been working together since day one. He's such an amazing game player, but now I'm unsure. Oh, Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. They, they jumped you, beat you. They whooped you down, player. I, I really hate that for you. Now to the votes. Basically, everyone votes for Dan except Peter, who casts a super smart vote for Parvati and says he didn't want people to forget that they suspect her as well just because Dan is getting the most votes tonight. Let me tell you how tickled pink <laughs> I was during this banishment, and I'm black, okay? John from Parliament voted for Dan, and he said, and I quote, I listened to you, Dan, tonight. And your deflection was onto Phaedra, and that case was comprehensively rebuttaled. Treachery deserves to be punished by banishment. Banishment, my dear friend, should be your fate tonight. This guy is the silent slaughterer, and that's the sum of it. Phaedra said, yes, look, we love the dramatics, okay? <laughs> we love the dramatics. Dan casted his vote for Phaedra, but said... I shouldn't have gone up against an elegant lawyer. Well, child, that's nice. <laughs> you did a little too late for that now. Phaedra, you on her hit list. I hope that lady don't try to ruin your life for free. <laughs> Dan receives the most votes, and he gets called to the circle of truth. He reveals that he is indeed a traitor, and he's banished, and everybody is cheering and applauding, especially Phaedra. She's so damn happy he gone. That man tried to blow up her game twice. Her man Parvati, they just after that lady. The biggest thing, though, biggest thing to remember is that Trishelle and her confessional realized that Dan knew he probably needed to feed the group a traitor, and he offered up Phaedra. So now she's like, okay, well, Phaedra's got to be a traitor, and that no one is actually suspecting it. Damn, Dan, you blew up Phaedra game. 
potentially. But this is the last bit of the episode. You know, the last little bit of the episode could actually save her and Parvati. So we'll see. We get a little scene where Peter calls his click to a separate room and closes the door. Sandra and the others are like, uh-uh, let's go see what the most faithful of the most faithful, the faithful on how the most faithful, let's see what they're doing. Parvati takes the lead and says how Peter is turning people off by trying to lead the game and working with his clique. Parvati is actually super smart for constantly trying to put his alliance in the forefront. Meanwhile, later on in the episode, the end of the episode, Phaedra and Parvati meet in the traitor's turret, and as they're discussing what has happened, Alan pops up on their ass and says that they can actually recruit a new traitor or they can carry out the murder they planned tonight. Now, see, this is the kind of stuff I like right here. This is what I like. If they choose to uh, seduce a faithful and try to get them to become a traitor, then there will be no murder, even if they decide to stay a faithful. Parvati says she wants to risk it all and she wants to seduce Peter so they can sit back and watch him murder all of his friends. They send him the invitation, and when he comes out that door and sees that letter sitting in that chair, you can just see his stomach drop. You can tell he's genuinely enjoying playing this game, and he doesn't want to go home. He opens and sees that he's being recruited, and he doesn't know how he actually doesn't get murdered if he doesn't accept this. Of course, we don't find out right then and there. We got to wait till the next episode. I truly hope he accepts because I that would really shake this game up and that's that shit I like okay last couple of things before I uh get on out of here let's get into Dan's podcast a little bit a few things that he said he says that he feel like he underestimated both Phaedra and Peter Peter because he thought he was just a bachelor guy and not like a real uh strategic what is ooh, child, not a real strategist ooh I don't, I don't know what word was about to come out of my mouth then he kind of like, I feel like he only thought that the gamers were the actual strategy people. So he underestimated a lot of people in his house, but particularly those two. He said Peter because of that, but then Phaedra because of her hand-to-hand ability. Basically her ass, her ability to uh, push a motherfucker off of her. And I know that's right, okay? He acknowledged that he should have like watched Housewives or something to prepare. Because the people, this is a part of a Q&A. And the people in the comments section were watching this. And they were like, you didn't, you didn't see what she did to Candy? You didn't see this? You didn't see that? And he's like, no, I didn't know what this lady did. I just knew she was a housewife. That's it. One thing I want to say, though, because, like, y'all got to stop this. Don't post mean things about Dan. It's a game, y'all. He said on his podcast that he loved all the positive messages that he's been receiving because, you know, he came out of retirement to do this. Like, Big Brother fans, we haven't seen Dan in a while. We loved having him here. This was fun. But he also said he's gotten a lot of negative feedback, mostly from the Bravo audience. And he didn't say it badly. He just said, you know, that comes with it. He's not upset or anything. But... Like, y'all gotta stop this. Like, this is like this is supposed to be fun. Don't attack the man. Don't send threats or anything like that. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Phaedra just did it a hundred times better. He also talked about how, like, how different this game is than Big Brother. How if he made a mistake in Big Brother, then he have, like, a week to figure it out. Because, like, maybe he was head of household, made a misfire, and then, like, he'd have a week to figure out, like, how he stayed in the game. But in here... The traders, you literally have no time to recover from a mistake. Parvati needs to like count her lucky stars that this opportunity to recruit a new uh, trader has actually come up because otherwise, he talked about Deontay going home, really throwing off his game because Deontay was a true ally. That was going to be one of the people he really put his trust in too. Uh, it was a really good question to ask the episode. So if you like are like, you know, craving traders content, his podcast has been a really good one because he's talked to a lot of good people so far. He's talked to Ekansu. He's talked to Janelle. Uh, he did this whole Q&A episode where he starts off the episode like giving his own perspective now that he's seen the show back as opposed to like living through it. So really good one. It's called a Dan Giesling podcast. Go check it out. I, if I remember, I'll try to like link it down in the show notes for y'all to go check out.
Lastly, shout out to Phaedra, okay? I don't know if it's her social media person or if it's actually her, but she's been in my DMs this past uh, weekend being so ridiculously kind and nice and friendly, saying I make the best memes and to make sure I tag her in a story so she can always see them and repost them and all that. I'm like, oh, hey, Fei-Fei, how you doing, Fei-Fei? Child, I wish this candid news had broken early. I would have asked her ask about some of that, but anyway... Child, I'm probably just talking to the prince or the president on Phaedra's phone. And you know what? That's okay with me, okay? <laughs> uh, before I get out of here, though, I did want to tease y'all a little bit. I'm in the throes of scheduling an interview with someone that's on the Traders cast right now. We were supposed to record this past weekend, but something came up, so we had to reschedule. But we're going to make this happen. Like, it's... It's, it's good for both sides of the equation. It's going to be great. It's going to be a joint release, so it'll be good. So y'all keep your fingers crossed. I'm trying to get that coming soon, 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 soon. We'll make it happen, okay? Y'all, that's all I got. I'm woe out. This candid news then told me up. So I'm just going to get on out of here. I'm going to watch. I'll go watch baddies, see them beat each other ass for an hour, and then I'll see y'all later on in the week, hopefully. See ya. Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast at realitycomics2. That's T-O-O. Reality and Comics 2 is a Cloud 10 and iHeartMedia podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.